Welcome to Digital Cryptids Presents E3. I'm Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. With me this time is Charlie. Hello, I'm Charlie, and my pronouns are she, sir, he, him. And by pre-ordering this podcast, we've unlocked the bonus Tanner. Hi, I'm Tanner, they, them, and I'm also Boo Boo the Fool. <laughs> oh? So, so Cassidy, when you approached me and you said, Tanner, would you like to be part of the E3 podcast bonanza? Uh, the podcast brouhaha, if you will. I said, <laughs> sure. And, and, and you were like, here's what I have available. And I was like, you know what? Capcom sounds fun. I'll be on Capcom. <laughs> and my reasoning was, ah, oh, yes, I love Mega Man. And it wasn't until last night when I remembered, oh, wait, you know who doesn't like Mega Man? Capcom. There is not going to be any Mega Man news here. <laughs> uh, yeah, turns out there wasn't any news here. There was nothing. Yeah. I thought, I thought surely Capcom has an entire conference. They're going to do something. They're going to announce, like, uh, Street Fighter 6 or Marvel vs. Capcom 5 or Mega Man Star Force on the Switch. Something. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think no. my favorite tweet I've seen was someone tweeted, listen, Capcom, this could have been an email. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, let's start with Capcom. Yeah. Uh, first thing they did was talk about Resident, Vill- Resident Evil Village, the game that's out. Um, they say, thank you. Multiplayer mode will be out next month. Um, which is like a competitive multiplayer. It's not like a co-op or anything. Um, and that DLC is being developed because people like the game so much. Yes, it definitely I mean, wasn't in development beforehand. Well, I mean, I mean like, they did announce it as saying, like, it is only now in development. So I could sort of believe it. Okay. It does seem like people like the game. It does seem that way. <laughs> what I've seen. Do people like the game or do they just like the evil vampire lady? Well, the evil vampire lady is only in the first part, so I imagine they like the rest of the game, too. Yes. Okay, I don't know anything about what's in the evil village. I heard there's a fish man, a real ugly fish man, and he's popular with some people. Uh, really? I hear there's an entire village of spooky universal monsters. Oh! <laughs> I guess that's why it's called Resident Evil Village. It takes a village. <laughs> You know, they could have put Tall Wife in Marvel's Capcom 5. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Monster Hunter Stories 2. Uh, the Wings of Ruin. Yes. It looks cute. It's coming. Yeah. It looked cute. It did look cute. I wasn't... Ex- yeah. I thought the uh, the girl at the beginning, like the with the white hair, who was sad over... I guess someone who died? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess the Pokemon died. So, from what I can tell, it's Red was one of the previous monster tamers um, who had a Rathia, or Rathalos, uh, and he died. Uh, and then, so there's this egg, and this new person takes up the egg and gets Red's old stuff. Yeah. I thought um, this white-haired girl was going to get all this stuff and be, like, the new no, protagonist, but... No. Nope. I guess um, not. <laughs> I talked to Crash about this because Crash has touched the first one of these, and uh, apparently, um, in that game is they they also did this in that game, but I was unaware they called the monsters monsties. Yeah, they are called monsties. <laughs> They're the little monsties, and it's just really funny hearing this like very dramatic, like sad speech being given, and then she just says the word monsties in it. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like the monster in this one, the Rathalos, the raised wing Rathalos, um, one, it has the wings of ruin, the titular rings, wings of ruin. Um, but also it's like a lot of thematical stuff happening in this trailer where I'm like, is, is the, is the dragon going to die in this game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they're doing some post-release content, such as on July 15th, they'll be adding the Palamutes, which are the dogs from Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah. As a, as a new monster you can have. Now, I'm not a big Monster Hunter person, but this looks cute, and this looks like something I might check out, actually. Yeah, well, you can check it out when it releases on July 9th, or even play the trial coming out on June 25th, which is my yeah. birthday. Yeah. Oh. Oh. 
Why are you acting like that's the first time you heard that, Charlie? <laughs> no, I know that's your birthday. I wasn't expecting. We've been also, dating for two and a half years. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that wasn't about your birthday. It was about the game coming out on your birthday. I know when your birthday is. Anyways, Monster Hunter Rise, the regular Monster Hunter game that's already out. Yes. Um, they're adding Monster Hunter Stories 2 gear to it. Um, on June 18th, they're adding Palico gear that looks like the Palico from Monster Hunter Stories 2. Um, and on July 9th, when uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 comes out, they're adding the, the protagonist's armor. Yeah! Um, they're also doing another update uh, with some downloadable quests. Uh, you can unlock leather pla- leather pants, an act yes. dead emote, uh, some there's- sunglasses, and then there's some paid cosmetics. Yeah, there's a bunch of people doing a funky dance. I don't know. Yeah, I like having leather pants and sunglasses. Then you can make your monster hunter look really cool. You can make your monster hunter look like they're from Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can make them look like they're from uh, the, the Final Fantasy game we were talking about the the other one. <laughs> in the screen, next one. Final Fantasy Origin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they're just the dude. Just, just some... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think Monster Hunter did the, the regular clothes in the fantasy game first, because uh, Monster Hunter Generations, at least, I think also maybe before you had this, uh, had Uniqlo uh, event DLC... Where you could unlock just Uniqlo clothing. Interesting. Okay. My my Palico in Generations is wearing a baseball hat as a result. The only Monster Hunter I own is Rise. Mm. Which I bought to play with my boyfriend. Let's see. The next game they showed, um, which is also the last game they showed. Yes. Is the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which is the uh, the finally being localized combination of a couple of Great Ace Attorney games. Um, not me calling them great, but like that's the name. Yeah, I also thought you were about to say this was the final Ace Attorney game, and I'm like, damn, I, why are they stopping Ace Attorney games? Because once you get to Herlock Sholmes, you can't really go beyond that. Yeah, they tried to by making the time travel one with Professor Layton. Um, but that got mixed reviews. <laughs> uh, but yes, Great Ace Attorney Chronicles coming out July 27th. There's two special modes that are being added to this game that are basically just the same thing that are in other games, but they're slightly different now because this is 3D. <laughs> uh, such as the Dance of Deduction, where Sherlock Sholmes will say some like a bunch of like, say a bunch of things about something, make a bunch of conjectures, uh, and one of them will be wrong, or some of them will be wrong, so you have to correct them by pointing things out. Mm. Uh, and there's the summation examination, because there's a jury in this game. Normally there's not really a jury. Um, at least in, like, the regular Ace Attorneys, it was just, like, the judge making the final verdict. Um, yeah. But here, all of the jury, like, say, like, okay, here's why I think it's this or this. And once you find contradictions in that, you can point those out to, to get them to swing their vote. Yeah. Um, and then after they showed that off, they showed off some esports stuff about Street Fighter. They're doing some tournaments and stuff. Yeah. That's Capcom. And that's Capcom. Uh, let me get my other notes ready. So we're going to start talking about the Indie Showcase. Yeah. Tanner, did you have any extra other thoughts about Capcom? You know, they could put Miss Marvel in Marvel vs. Capcom 5. They could put Roll Listen, in. They, they should make another Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Yeah, you think they might do that, but of course they won't. They can bring back Amingo from Marvel vs. Capcom 2, the Cactus Man, who they're making a game for. And then they're like, what if we just didn't and we just put him in Marvel vs. Capcom 2? What if they made uh, another Zelda game for the Game Boy Advance? Capcom made a Zelda game? 
Capcom made several Zelda games. It was like a bunch of handheld games back in back in the GBA and earlier. I see. I never played any GBA Zeldas. The only Zeldas I played were Link's Awakening on the Game Boy Color and Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. Those are almost the exact same Zelda games I've played. I played Link's Awakening and Spirit Tracks. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big Zelda-er. Link's yeah. Awakening was the like only Zelda game for the Game Boy that wasn't made by Capcom because they made the Oracle games. Oh. Okay. And the Minish Cap. Mm. I only know things about The Legend of Zelda because I listened to a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, you think they would do stuff with any of that. But, uh, no. They didn't even, like, show off Mega Man stuff being put into Monster Hunter. They almost always put Mega Man in Monster Hunter. I mean, <laughs> for a long time now, Capcom has been so bad at being Capcom that Nintendo has to be Capcom. Okay, that's enough complaining about Capcom. Let's talk about some indie games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, starting with the Indie Showcase, starting with Life Slide, which is a game about a paper airplane. Yes. It looks you fly fun. the paper airplane. It looks very cute. I've been ex- I have wanted to see more about this game since I saw its E3 booth existing when it was like one of the first ones available on the on their website. Yeah. The portal. This this game reminded me a lot of uh, a PlayStation game I played called uh, I think it's called Sorry, Was it Flower? Pass by. Yes. So I was waiting for a car to pass by. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, flower, where you, like, go through, like, a world where, and you, like, I think make flowers bloom. I don't exactly remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember like, that game got weirdly dark at the end. Yeah, and I, I got stuck at that part, but you're, like, a flower petal, or you're or on, on a breeze, and you breeze through an area yeah. to make the flowers bloom and collect more flower petals. Yeah. And this is similar gameplay, it looks like, but much more stylized. Yeah. I really I, love the environments in this in this game footage. Yeah, this looks like it'd be a nice. I don't know, relaxing, but like kind of. Well, it'll be on Steam in August on the sixth. Um, after that, they showed off the three uh, hooded horse games: Falling Frontier, Alliance of the Sacred, and Terra Invicta. I talked about those games in our pre E three coverage. Because I got to to watch those in some in some pre stuff and talk to the devs. Very nice. Yeah, when I was looking at these games, they look interesting and fun, but they're definitely not games I think I would be into because they require too much thinking. <laughs> but the UI for Falling Frontier looks so cool. It does. Um, after that was Fallen Aces, which is like a crime noir first person action game. Literally, like it's supposed to look like Doom to the point where their website is called DoomNoir.com. Uh, I like the yeah. style of this one. It's really interesting because it's it's like hand drawn stuff, but they're all 2D in the style of classic Doom. Yeah, yeah. It's like 2D billboards in this 3D space. Um, and you're, you know, you're doing some, some fisticuffs. You got a lead pipe sometimes. Yeah. It's like that. Like very noir. It's not like you're running through with a machine gun. It seems very noir focused. Yeah. I, no, I probably wouldn't play it because I feel like I'd get really disoriented with it, but it's really interesting art style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, after that is a hero team shooter called Larsenot that is coming out summer of 2021. Exclusively for VR stuff. Really? Yeah. I, I guess I, I did see a gun bend in a certain way. But based on the trailer, all, like all I saw was Oculus and uh, PlayStation VR. Huh. Huh. It I did guess... look fun, but I guess that is what's going to make it different. If it like it looks like an Overwatch, but you play it in VR. Yeah. I guess I guess I could, I would like to see someone play it. I think. Um, after that, Toy Soldiers is back. They're re-releasing that. It's like a, you know, it's like a war game. There's some shooting involved sometimes, but there's also strategy elements. Yeah. Coming out August of this year. Um, next is another one that I didn't, uh, take up the offer to, to see and speak about it. Cause this is, I got it right when I was getting kind of busy with this. Um, yeah. but it's like an adventure shmup. Where you play as like some people in like a UFO 
on an alien planet with like space cows. Yes. <laughs> we have cows. So many space cows. Uh, it, it definitely is one of with cows. Yeah, the uh, the style of it very very much caught my eye right away when I saw it. It also had a booth open up. Um, that's coming spring of next year. Uh, and then we see Bark, which is also a shmup. Um, but okay, so I have I have seen it. I've spoken to the people that did Bark or are doing Bark currently. Bark stands for Bio Interstellar Arc. Mm. Which is why there's a little triangle dot after the B. Um, it's very much like a, a friendly, easy to get into shmup. Is sort of the design is that it's accessible as far as those go. Um, with like a cart Saturday morning cartoon influence, they said. Um, this you could see from the the animation they showed off in the trailer. Um, all of that stuff was drawn frame by frame, according to them. Oh. Uh, there's four characters that each have uh, slightly different weapons and special abilities, and you can play them all four of them at the same time with friends. Oh. Uh, they they took. Fun. Yeah, they they took some inspiration from Star Fox sixty four. They said with like banter in between the characters that pops up every now and then. Only every now and then, not constantly every second. Uh, not from what I've seen, no. Oh, good. <laughs> Um, and so each of them has like a special ability they can use when their bar fills and you can like fuse those together, um, making them act differently. And it's, it's different for like it, the more people you add into that. So I, I watched them play two player, but they were like, yeah, if we had three people here, it would, it would look even different from this. Um, and if you are playing multiplayer, uh, they have this mechanic where if someone gets downed and you pick up them floating in space, they get put in a little sidecar, like a little option turret that circles around your ship and they can fire while they oh, cool. wait for their ship to respawn. Oh. Huh. Yeah, it, it seems very cute. And very, like, it's extremely one of those games that like you could pick up and play, you know, with, like, um, niece or nephew or a significant other. Stuff like that. You know, family experience. Fun times. Yeah. Uh, next was uh, something that's definitely not like a family-friendly fun times experience. Uh, I'm going to pronounce it Tunguska the Visitation. Um, it's sort of like an almost top-down action shooting game. I can't, I can't tell if this is supposed to be horror or not. It's the hard thing for me to try to f- pin down in a video game trailer. I think it's supposed it to be... Kind of... Yeah, some it's some of the clips adjacent. made it look like it was like supposed to be. There's aliens there. It's trying to have a Chernobyl vibe or a a Metro vibe. Mm-hmm. It's almost. Uh, it's like seems a little bit less supernatural than like Stalker Two, which we also saw this weekend. But you know, some similar vibes. I think. Uh, after that was another uh, QC game of Neko Ghost Jump. Which is a platforming game where you can switch between 2D and 3D. Yes. Um, you, yeah, you this play one looks really cat. cool. Uh, you do some jumping. Uh, there's also, you can make your spirit leave your body to do action, like beat em up stuff to enemies and things such as that. I think there's a, a skin that kind of looks like uh, Luna from uh, Sailor Moon. Yes. There are, like, different skins you could equip and things like that as well. But they'd be called furs because cats have fur. Cats also <laughs> have skin. Cats don't have skin? Is that... No, I said cats also have skin. Oh. <laughs> There's more than one way to skin your cat. <laughs> so they do have skin, that's true. I'm imagining uh, what it, using skin as a verb there, not to mean removing skin, but to add skin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the joke. I, I okay. wasn't sure if it came through. <laughs> the way you said it definitely triggered that thought in my brain, so I guess maybe it did come through. Uh, Extra Galactica. So this is um, the one that I'm actually going to go see tonight and, and talk Ooh. to the people about. Um, I've been wanting to do so because it did start as an arcade cabinet, 
Oh. Um, sort of in like a killer queen sort of way, I think. Um, but it's it's a shmup slash platformer. It's got platforming elements. That they had a really sick song that played during it. Uh, it's currently available now in Steam Early Access with its infinite mode, but uh, the campaign mode will be added in the future. It looks pretty neat. Yeah. Um, okay, and now we're going to talk about the Freedom Games uh, segment, which I will have a lot to say about because I've seen three of those games, and I have an email with information on the rest of them. Ooh. Cool. I was watching all the traders, tra- the, the trailers muted while we talked about Capcom. Ah. <laughs> well, it starts with Street- Dreamscaper, which is a, uh, a roguelite action game, is how they describe it. And somehow I must have closed that email, even though I had it open for a very specific reason. Alright, yeah, Dreamscaper. It's a roguelite action RPG that dives into the subconscious mind of a woman wrestling with her inner demons. Yes. Uh, striking against nightmares using weapons such as magic yo-yos and super-powered squirt guns. It's, you know, it's got that... I don't know what to call this camera angle, because it's not isometric. But it's not top-down, and I don't know what to call it. So I keep comparing it to Diablo, but in this case I would compare it to Hades. But that's just doing a bad job of comparing things. It did look really interesting. It's definitely a game I think I would check out when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Well, it's coming out on August 12th. It, yeah. it feels like Psychonauts with the graphical, or taking some graphical cues from the new Life is Strange. Ooh. I yeah I guess I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's coming to Steam only. It seems. Um, after that is Airborne Kingdom, which is it looks like some sort of flying city builder. Let me scroll down until I find it on this email. Oh no, is it not in the email? Okay, it may not be in this email. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like it was a a flying city builder type game. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a game I would also check out. I've been looking for like a good city builder, and I think building it in the sky could be really interesting. This is a game that I would like to watch you play in that case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely uh, show it to you, Cassidy. Yes, and that is coming to consoles is, uh, this this year. Yes. So I think it's actually already out, and that's why it's not in this email. On PC, that is. Let me check. Let me check that before I just start saying things it's not on steam just google airborne kingdom and see what happens oh it's on epic games oh for 20 dollars currently it's normally 25 that's not that bad mm-hmm. um after that is koromon but not like koromon the digimon koromon <laughs> see so it doesn't mean brave uh, little warrior no I don't know if it means anything. I didn't ask that, because that, that is one of the games I saw. Let me Ooh. pull up my notes from when I saw that. Here we are, Koromon. So yeah, I spoke to the lead developers on this one. Um, it's a monster-taming RPG, very much in the style of a game like Pokemon. Mm. Um, they took inspiration from like GBA games, which sort of shows... the. The the one thing I asked them, because I, I was very curious, this is something I'm curious about with most uh, monster taming games, is how they go about making sure all of the monsters feel uh, cohesive in, like, that they all feel like they came from the same game. Um, and the answer, apparently, for this team was to have one artist di- designing the creatures. Ah. Um, each, each species, which, of which there are, uh, let's see, what was it? 120-ish currently. Uh, each species has color differences that appear. There's uh, three different variants depending on uh, their inherent potential, which is sort of like a measurement of strength. Uh, there's two types of leveling where you know they both level up with the same EXP, but if you have more potential, you get more of the secondary leveling, and they both just give you points that you can assign to your stats instead of you know it just being assigned to your stats however it would be in, like, a Pokemon or something. Hmm. Oh. Um, Moves-wise, because the the battle parts are very much like a a Pokemon-style game. 
I believe you still only get to use four moves, have them equipped, but you can like swap those moves out with any other move you've learned when you're not in battle. Ooh, that's nice. Uh, and instead of having like a set number of times you can use those moves, they have a, basically a stamina cost. Um, ah. And you can use that to determine how many times you use those moves before you need to take a turn to rest. Uh, they have some more traditional dungeons in it with puzzles and such, and they compared it to Golden Sun. Some of the stuff I had seen I would also compare to something like the Zelda games, the top-down ones of those. Um, for example, they showed me a dungeon that was in the trailer that had a, it was like a desert dungeon that has like arrow traps. Uh, all of the all of the Koromon cries are voice acted. By by the way, they do the they do the anime Pokemon thing of saying their names. Oh, I love that. Uh, and also, you get uh, they show this in the trailer as well a like a sort of a multi tool that you have on your arm that you can use to to affect the world and solve the puzzles and move around and stuff like that, such as a, a like a little thing that lets you push blocks around. Um, the boss fights have like multiple stages because like if you get to the end of the dungeon, there is a boss you have to fight, um, and it's sort of like it's not necessarily a Koromon, it is like a Titan. I believe is what they've called it. Um, and like when you get halfway through the health bar on the one that I saw, like it, it changes phase. It goes into a different phase of the fight. Hate it when enemies have multiple phases. Um, <laughs> after after completing like the first little section, you, uh, you unlock a custom difficulty mode where you can adjust some of the difficulty settings. This game does have a built-in Nuzlocke mode if you'd like to start playing with that. Oh. Um, and also when you unlock that custom difficulty, you can also unlock a randomizer. So you can, you can start up a new game with a randomizer. I think there's three save slots and let's see, is there anything else on my notes here? Oh yeah. There's no double battles. <laughs> you are only ever controlling one Koromon at a time. Uh, but like if you're encountering wild Koromon, sometimes they'll, they'll show up in pairs or even three. Well, we're saving double balls ah. for the sequel, obviously. Yeah, maybe. But that'll be coming. Uh, that'll be coming at the start of next year, in quarter one, for the PC and Switch. They also showed off Cat Cafe Manager, mm. which is a game in which you manage and run a cat cafe. Love cats, and I love the idea of cat cafes. Not that I've ever been to one. I've also never been to one. I would like to go to one once I'm double vaxxed. Well, you can make your own and Cat Cafe Manager Hooray! starting uh, sometime next year. <laughs> it's a quarter two. I enjoy that these cats can have magical powers, it looks like. Oh, I must. I missed that part. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you look uh, on the trailer, when you, like, train uh, the cats, one of the things was, like, a, like a witch's hat. Hmm. Uh, for the cat, so like, I guess you can teach the cats magic. I don't know. I <laughs> That's just like what that. I saw. <laughs> I don't know what else the witch hat would represent for a cat. Hats. I mean, just being the, the witch's hat. cat. Hmm. Maybe. Actually, you know what? No, I think there is. I think there is magic cats in this because in the like the title screen, there's a picture of a cat in a witch's hat, and it's, it's kind of like, hoo <laughs> Oh, exactly. It's even a ha ha ha. Yeah, so I, I didn't see that game, but I did see uh, this next game they showed, which is called To the Rescue, which, uh, not being a cat cafe management, it is a dog shelter management game. Um, it's it's very cute. I, I played a bit of this. I have the, the demo uh, that they gave me. A beta demo on my computer right now and I, i've debated like just booting it back up it's a game that i can definitely tell that i'm gonna spend some time with mm. um you know you're just taking in dogs like you are opening a, an open uh open shelter I, I forget the word that comes after open um for this but you know you can you can take in dogs just without really needing to go through any any steps uh, I know when they were talking about it, they talked about how uh, they want to show people like the reality of like dog shelters. Yes, so this game uh, does have a setting for whether or not you want to involve 
any mechanic involving euthanasia. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because, you know, there that's like a harsh reality of like, sometimes open shelters get way too full and they can't handle it. I or mean, yeah. there's like a dog that needs, there's like, there's no better option. Um, yeah. But also that is a, a, when you start the game, that is a setting you can turn off. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the motivation behind that, obviously, but it's just, <laughs> here's this very, very cute game where you have to put down some dogs in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely had that, that thought also. Um, but I, I get it. Because, um, you know, they're also like making sure, like, all right, you got to make sure the animals are getting, well, they making sure they are up to stuff on like needing shots and whatnot because you know you can vaccinate them or you know treat them if they've gotten stuff like yeah um, I, I don't know if heartworm was one of the ones but you know that's an example um and 20 percent of all of their profits are going to be donated to actual like dog shelters oh nice yeah that's really cool uh in the final version of the game there are going to be 30 variants of dog is Ooh. what they told me um, and they made sure not to, like, specifically, like, say breeds. They sort of classified them as different types. Like, instead of saying, like, a golden retriever, it's like, all right, here, this is a retriever-type dog. Oh. Um, to sort of, like, not give people the expectation that they're going to find specific breeds in uh, dog shelters and stuff like that. Um, the introduction of the game was inspired by a real-life event that happened to them, which I think was really fun. Uh, oh, there's just a straight. There was just a stray dog outside, and they took in uh, for a bit until they could find where it belonged. Oh, so that that you know, it's I'm part despite inspired this, but in the game inspires your character to um to work at the shelter and then eventually start the uh, the open shelter for the town. Nice. Uh, and they have a list of random names because every time a dog comes in, it gets assigned a random name. Uh, I did see Pikachu. Yes, there there is a list of somewhere over two hundred names. <laughs> hey, can you try not to take my headphones off? Thanks. Sorry, that was for a cat. <laughs> that was the last game. <laughs> but it was funny because when they were showing the trailer for it, I was like, "Oh, I've talked to her. She was the person <laughs> I talked to for this." <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, but yeah. That's that's one I'm really excited for. It's coming uh, Q4 of this year to PC and Switch. Ooh. Next up, we have Slaughter League, which is basically a deadly version of Wipeout, the uh, the the game show, not the the video game. It's like what if Fall Guys in some? It's similar to Fall Guys in some ways, but if what if it was just a little bit bloodier and 2D platforming instead? I guess, is another way I could say it. This is definitely a game where I would die so often. I mean, that's the idea, so... Yeah, We're that is company. the idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is coming Q2 of next year. Uh, Dark Deity, which currently does not have a date, but will be announcing one tomorrow at the time of recording. It, it looks like a GBA Fire Emblem, and it has 54 classes in support conversations. Yeah. I also was like, this kind of reminds me of Fire Emblem. But, like, that's fine. I like Fire Emblem, and I think yeah. I would probably like this game because I like Fire Emblem. And I really like the style, like, look of the GBA Fire Emblems, even though they're hard for me to play. So yeah. this, this is good, I think. And it looks like cutscenes, like conversations between characters, the art is like a bit different than like the little yeah. pixel guys of when you're like fighting. They do have like full portraits and stuff, it seems. Yeah. Um, that was not in my email either. I like how there is zero competition for people making indie JRPGs. Because <laughs> Square forgot to make any JRPGs this year. <laughs> Listen, they're they're redoing the art for some old Final Fantasies. <laughs> I I kind of okay. So here's something I learned that happened this weekend. Yeah, um, was the Mother Direct, which is like a fan event thing that showed off like mother inspired <laughs> fan games and like just mother inspired RPGs. Um. So I, I kind of want to maybe go check that out and see if I, there's anything worth talking about for the E3 wrap-up. 
Um, it's a weird thing of... Oh, sorry, I brought this up because you mentioned JRPGs. Um, but, like, it's similar in that sense of, like, yeah, there's not, like, actual going to be a, a port of Mother or anything like that. Um, and so all of these Mother-inspired games come out and are widely liked, which is weird because I, I like them a lot more than I like actual Mother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyways, next game on the Freedom Games Showcase was One Lonely Outpost. Coming to early access next year. Um, I I don't know exactly how to describe this other than trying to say, and this is, you know, very, like, reductive in, in ways of describing things, but it's fast, and people will get the point of me saying this is, like, Space Stardew Valley. It's Space Stew Valley. Yeah. Stardew Spacey. <laughs> it's definitely like a, a farming type game where you like grow crops and you have animals. Yeah. The, 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 a spaceship comes down and tractor beams down some sheep for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this next game is a game that I have touched. It does not have a release date currently. But I've played it. Or rather, I've played some of it. I played a little demo of it, mm. um, and I have some things to say because I, I had some I had an interesting time with it. Um, it's basically a world ruined by sand, um, which is the reason I was drawn to it and trying to set up an appointment because the picture they sent me in this thing is like, all right, here's this like sci-fi techno-looking boat sailing on a sea of sand. Ah, and I'm always going to be interested in that. But as an open-world action RPG set in the dying days of a forgotten land, it beckons adventurers to sail across the sand-swept sea, track down the cause of a plague, engage in challenging combat, and restore the world to its former glory. It's, like, Souls-inspired, um, but it has sort of that, like, I keep wanting to say, you know, Diablo camera, of it being not isometric, but at the isometric angle, and you can spin it around. Yeah. It's half-isometric. It's isometric-ish. It's, um... Fuck, what's the other measurement system? Metric? No, no. Not metric. Imperial? Yes, it's (laughs) (laughs) iso-imperial. So, it's a long walk for a short drink of water with that joke. (laughs) Um, but, like, it's got quests and stuff like that, um... There's a, I think the thing that I'm like most like intrigued by is they have this uh, weapon forging system that's like, all right, here's four different parts of a weapon, mix and match them to get a different weapon with different abilities. Uh, Such as there's the the four parts are the handle, the head, the pommel, and then the style, which is mostly um, like a a slightly cosmetic change with some mechanic stuff, but it doesn't change the weapon. Yeah. So, like, you could have a one-handed handle with a stabbing blade, and that's, like, you know, a rapier. Or you have the two-handed thing with the stabbing blade, and that's some sort of spear. Yeah. And you can just mix and match all of that stuff to where it's like, alright, here's a dual-bladed handle with maces. So I've just got this giant staff with giant, like, just blocks of spikes on either side, and I'm just twirling that around. And then the palm will add stuff like either spawning projectiles or vampirism or things like that that, like, you know, change how that works. And then style is another change on that as well. Um, When the game, and not the demo, I didn't get to do any of this, unfortunately. Um, But you're going to be able to sail your boat around to get to other islands and stuff like that to, to, you know, find the stuff that you need to to beat the game. Um, This game has... Uh, instead of, like, having your weapon attacks take up your stamina like they do in, like, a Dark Souls game, uh, your blades get, like, corrupted, or your weapon gets corrupted, and so you have to clean it off after a few, or not a few hits, you know, after a set number of hits, depending Mm -hmm. on, like, the situation. Um, because if you don't, then you're just doing less damage and stuff like that. Because you also use your actual stamina bar for dashing and sprinting and stuff like that. Um, there's runes that can change your stats as opposed to like leveling up anything. So it's like, alright, this 
this rune is like a spellcaster rune, so it's going to increase my spell stats. And so I'm going to throw that here on this armor. Uh, the enemy's designs are going to be like semi-unique to the different islands. So like the one that I saw was a lot of like skeletal warriors with like armor and stuff. Skeleton warriors. Very like humanoid things. Um, <laughs> and this one I'm going to bring up only uh, because I'm me and I did see a prompt in the demo that was like, this seems like it would be a good fishing spot, but you need a fishing rod. <laughs> ah, and they I told see. me that this was an inside joke during development and that fishing is not actually in the game. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs> it's just that some person, one person on the team, and this is one of the people I was talking to, uh, kept, like, we should put fishing in this. <laughs> uh, and so anytime someone like me comes along and saying like, is there fishing in this? It's like another point in their column of saying like, yes, there should be. Um, but no, there's like some sort of quest uh, involved with that or something they were hinting at. Uh, I somehow never said that the name of the game was Sands of Aura. So, there you go. It's called Sands of Aura. But, like, I, I, I'm i not into Souls games, um, generally, but I feel like this one I, I might be able to get into. What it, if they add fishing DLC? To, like, regular Dark Souls or to this? Yes. I mean, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I've given Dark Souls 1 several shots I'm glad to see fishing will lure you in ha 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 I'm sorry for the bad joke <laughs> but yeah so that doesn't have a date for anything um, how do you think we're supposed to pronounce this next game um Cowboys? No, the game before that. There was a game before that? Yeah, I want to say it's um, Anukard, like an orchard. Oh, or, yeah. Or no, I guess orchard is like a CH sound. Um, I, I think that's or, correct. Or, hmm. Anyways, it's... um, They describe it here in this email as a civilization restoration action RPG. Mm. Where you follow the bell wielder on their quest to return lost souls home and clear a mysterious dungeon deep underground. Defeat enemies in action-packed combat by delivering powerful knockback attacks and solving brain-teasing puzzles to progress. I do like that the the main character does wield a bell, as you might imagine from being called a bell wielder. I like when weird weapons are used in games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love geomancers. Um, uh, but yeah, it looks neat. Uh, it reminded me, um, I kept wanting to think, like, is this going to be a Zelda game? Because I saw the puzzles, but the, the combat seems a little bit more in-depth than something yeah. like that. Um, that'll be coming Q1 of next year. And the last thing they showed was Tower Rush. Yes. Um, which is a tower defense action idol game. It definitely looks like one. There's a, there's a lot of UI on the screenshot that I have here. Oh. Here, I can send it to y'all. Please excuse the margins. I didn't want to be clean with this. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it, it seems like an idle tower defense game. <laughs> yeah. Based on what I'm seeing here. Um, it's got, you know, sort of that... Um, it's an art style you don't see often these days that's kind of used in stuff like the Salt and Sanctuary games. Where it's like a, mm -hmm. almost like a 2D puppet. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that said next year. Yeah. And that is everything for that today. The video games. That's every video game. That's it. E3's done. Good job, everyone. Yes, that's every video <laughs> game. <laughs> They're making no more video games after this. You heard about Nintendo Direct? Sorry, it just got canceled. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I guess um, I guess it's time to do the wrap up stuff. Is there anything that like really caught your eye from this, y'all? I know I know we've mentioned third throughout, but maybe as like a final wrap up to remind people. I think the uh, the, the dream is the dreamscaper. Dreamscaper. Dreamscaper games and that and uh, 
the Fire Emblem type game are probably the two biggest things. Dark Deity. Dark Deity. Other things I'm looking forward to. And also the uh the 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 the, the city building one. Uh so a lot of indie games I'm looking forward to. <laughs> well here's the thing, Charlie, is that you could play Airborne Kingdom right now. I could play Airborne Kingdom right now. That's true. I'm gonna go buy it right now. On the Epic Game Store. Uh what about you, Tanner? Uh, I think it's pretty cool that uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 5 has Dazzler and Zable Zarok in it, so that you can also have like a rhythm game mini game inside the fighting game. If they put Modok in it, do you think it'd be Modok from the TV show that they released? Uh, I mean, Modok from the TV show is basically the same as normal Modok, except he's allowed to cuss, I think. I'm assuming he can cuss, that's on Hulu. Yeah, I don't know, I've never, I don't have any interest in watching it. <laughs> I might watch it. I don't. I don't know if it'd be the exact same Modoc, but I I feel like they should have Patton Oswalt as like guest voice. Okay, yeah. Um, but for for real, my real answer, um, a lot of the freedom games look pretty good. I will definitely check out Coromon when it's available, and probably the Cat Cafe Manager, and maybe maybe Dark Deity. I'll give uh, it a well, shot. Coromon does have a demo available now on Steam. Oh, sweet. I don't I don't like playing video games on my computer because it likes to make concerning noises when I do so. That's understandable to not want to do that, though. I would have a gamer computer. One yeah. day I'll have a gamer computer. Someday. Some someday Tanner will evolve to gamer. <laughs> <laughs> uh well in that case I think it's time for plugs. Charlie. Yes, that's me. Oh wait, no sorry, I gotta ask Tanner one more question. Yes. Tanner, what do you think is going to happen with the remaining conferences? Really, I'm just sort of asking here, what do you think is going to happen with Nintendo? I think Nintendo is going to start with an announcement that one of the Generation 8 Pokemon is the next fighter for Smash, and then they will say that all the Pokemon news you're getting today, you'll get a Pokemon exclusive direct in a month, but shut up about Pokemon for now. Then they'll talk about some other stuff, there'll be some, like, a, a mini Nindies showcase for stuff, um... The, um, what else? What else is Nintendo working on? They'll say, hey, remember Star Fox and Metroid Prime? We don't. Anyways, Breath of the Wild 2, and they'll have a big Breath of the Wild 2 thing, and then they'll say one more thing, and then there'll be, like, a trailer for the the next Smash character, and it'll be, um, Rabbids. It'll be a stack of ra- Remember how in, there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fighting game, and one of the characters was just three Rabbids on top of each other? That's also the last fighter for Smash. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about how the Ninja Turtles and Injustice could summon the other Ninja Turtles as assists. No. They should put the rabbits in the next Injustice. (laughs) They should. That I can believe. So apparently I have an epic coupon for $10 that expires on June 17th this year. So it's good that I'm buying this game now. It's a sign. For half off. Yeah. I've still got my hopes out for Metroid 4 Prime. Where it becomes a Left 4 Dead game. This is the year of Left 4 Dead. This is the first episode we've done of this E3 coverage that didn't have a Left 4 Dead in it. That's true. Wild. I did. I was assuming that there was going to be some kind of zombie situation going on in the Tunguska one. Yeah, but it's not a four-player yeah. like FPS thing. That's true. The Resident Evil multiplayer is almost a Left 4 Dead. If there was a horde mode in Resident Evil 8's multiplayer, then that would count as a Left 4 Dead, I think. Maybe. It's like half a Left 4 Dead. It's Left 2 Dead. Left 2 Dead. Don't dead open inside. Exactly. Alright, anyways, now we can do actual plugs. Assuming Charlie is prepared. Yes, I'm ready. Sorry, I was handed more food. Alright, well, instead of eating that food right now, how about you do some plugs? I will do some plugs. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at magical underscore pride. Or you can go listen to the podcast I'm in, like Otherwhere Otherwhere Pod on Twitter, where I play Phantom the Nomad. Or you can go listen to Precure Podcast Engage, a podcast I do with Cassidy. <laughs> you didn't do the joke this time, I was waiting for it. Who? What joke? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was too busy thinking about this joke. (laughs) (laughs) Which, uh, for folks at home, is me just saying, Phantom the Gnome, comma, mad. (laughs) 
uh, where we talk about the Pretty Cure franchise and sometimes Ben 10. And you can also listen to Tabletop Roulette, which was, I was on for a few episodes. And that's it. Alright, uh, and now to cash in on our pre-order bonus, Tanner... Uh, you can find me on the podcast I do with my friend Lindsay. It's called Not If I Boot You First. It's a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has a chance to. Well, in this case, I think I'm now going to have to reboot. You know, Marvel's Capcom episode isn't going to be that interesting. It's just going to be be saying, and I think Wiccan should be in the next one. Um, but I feel well, like you're going to have to reboot some kind of JRPG. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a Final Fantasy because Queenix won't. <gasps> Um, anyways, you can find that on podcasting platforms, and you can also find it on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I boot you first, and they're pronounced Hyper Viper Beam. Um, I also have a podcast... I also have a podcast called Pokemon Adventures of the Millennium, where I am the DM of a Pokemon uh, Tabletop Unite actual play with Lindsay and Ryan and Duncan. They're all friends. We're all friends together playing Pokemon. It's a podcast where we swear... But also we play Pokemon. And then I also, I also have a podcast called Loser Like Me with my friend Christina, where we recap every episode of Glee. Uh, by the time this comes out, uh, it will be a week away from us talking about, no, two weeks away from us talking about the Rocky Horror episode of Glee. We accidentally made a Kink oh. and Pride episode. Oh. Oh. And for me, the human being, you can find me on Twitter at Sparky Upstart. All right. I think it might have actually been our longest one yet for uh, for plugs. I think you beat Jake Mason on that. How? Mind you, he skips most of his. I mean, that and like he's sort of like, he's got it down to a science in a way. I mean, I usually have it down to a science too, but I was very deranged. <laughs> I was distracted <laughs> by Marvel's Capcom 5, a game that does not exist. I don't think it'll ever exist. It'll exist after Super Street Fighter 5. Yes. Put Spider-Man in Smash. Put Spider-Man in Super Street Fighter Five. Put Mario in Street Fighter. See you in Street Fighter Five. No, I gotta save that for the outro. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me here for actually, I think only like one or two more episodes. It's uh, Nintendo. Oh, and I forgot to ask for your thoughts on Bandai Namco. Do you think we're gonna see Digimon survive? I think we'll, we won't see much beyond just like a release date. I mean, that would be any information, which would be nice. Yeah, but it's like, I don't think we'll be any, like, a gameplay or thing. I'm just like, you know Digimon Survive? Here's where you can play it. And on to the next thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so... Um, until, until then, drink your water without any ice. Uh, your plain bread. Your latest seasons of The Simpsons. And I'll see you in Street Fighter V, everybody. <laughs> Good night, gamers.